Welcome to the podcast of the fabulous Las Vegas Rotary Club. My name is Michael Gordon, and I'm proud to serve as the 95th president of the greatest Rotary Club in the world. Our club serves our local and international community through a variety of projects, but our main focus is on youth literacy. If you're ever in town for either business or pleasure, we invite you to join us at one of our weekly lunches. More information about meeting time and location can be found at lasvegasrotary.com. Now, sit back and enjoy this week's speaker. Thank you, President Michael. Well, for those of you who have been here for a long time, when you think of Las Vegas, you can't help but think of Pat Christensen. He's been here 33 years, as you can read in his bio. He's done over 3,000 events. He's been involved in the uh, Thomas and Mack Center, Cox Pavilion, Sam Boyd Stadium, and uh, now he's a published author. So please give a warm rotary welcome to Pat Christensen. Thank you. You know, all I can say is, uh, wow. Uh, you know, we, I, as a citizen in, in Las Vegas, hear about Rotary and what Rotary does, but to sit through a meeting and to see it in action. Uh, I think I did this uh, 10 years ago. Um, don't do it often, but when I got the call, when I get the call, um, I'm always interested. But it's not just, it's kind of the, the way you go about your business. I love the attendance thing. I mean, that's commitment. Uh, that, that's uh, demonstrated commitment and that, uh, but also, um, uh, I'm hearing 34,000 of these clubs, uh, Rotary clubs across the country, 1.2 million total involved, and uh, over 100 members right here, which is one of the larger members, uh, memberships. And to see the, uh, uh, the, the assistance with polio, and then all of the local stuff, I, I just sincerely appreciate all that, uh, all that you do. In fact, I'd like to do is, uh, how many of you have... Uh, been to the National Finals Rodeo? Okay, a lot of you, but not all, maybe half. So I'd like to donate a couple tickets to the next, and you guys can raffle them off any way you want. There'll be downstairs plaza seats for one performance of the NFR. Uh, again, hopefully one lucky uh, person here. But again, I, I appreciate all that. Uh, sincerely listening to everything you guys do. I appreciate it. I want to talk a little bit about uh, uh, events in Las Vegas, Las Vegas events. Um, Las Vegas events, I joined Las Vegas events in uh, 2001. Uh, it's a nonprofit, it's a private nonprofit group. Uh, and the purpose of the, the privacy is so that we can compete against other cities for these events. It's funded by the hotel tax. Uh, it's been like that since 1983. We have 11 board members, six of which are hotels. Uh, representation. And our sole mission is to secure events for Las Vegas. So when it was created in 83, it was just that, to secure events. Uh, since then, in 2007, actually right around the, re the recession, what we did is, is sharpen that mission a little bit. And not only do we now secure events, but we ensure their success. So like any business, it's easier to bring an event back uh, to continue to have a uh, customer, keep a customer, than to go get a new one. So part of our mission isn't just to go ahead and invest in an event. It's literally to get involved with it and to ensure its success. And it's one of the reasons why uh, there, there aren't many cities in the world that sustain events like we do. 
And I think we kind of take that for granted. The National Finals Rodeo has been here for 33 years, 10 days. A lot of cities might land the Super Bowl one year. They might land the Final Four one year. Uh, but very few of them have uh, the type of events that we do that, uh, that we sustain on, an, on, a, on a yearly basis. And that economically is so critical to what we do. We have a, a staff of 15. Um, they are, this, these 15 people and another three interns work so uh, are, have such great expertise, are so passionate about the success of these events uh, that ensuring their success, this, the, these people are, are really a critical uh, part of that. But they manage all aspects of the event. We have a marketing director. We have a event operations director. We have a event development. Uh, we have uh, finance. Uh, we have someone that goes out and collaborates with all the hotels for sponsorship, especially with the National Finals Rodeo. So it's not just an organization that looks for events, looks to do them one year. Uh, what we like to do is get them here and keep them here. Um, the, uh, our, sta our staple event, uh, the biggest event we do uh, by far is the National Finals Rodeo. And again, we do big events. We do National Finals Rodeo. We do Electric Daisy Car. We a lot of events we do. But the, the critical piece, uh, the critical importance of the National Finals Rodeo is that it is in December. When before it came here, uh, we were furloughing employees, doing maintenance. So it was a really down period. So economically, to keep those uh, that the uh, the month of December strong, especially the beginning of December, is 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 critical to Las Vegas. But when we adopted this, ensure their success, we took the NFR uh, to another level. And, and let me tell you how we did that. We've had a string of 32 sold out uh, National Finals Rodeo back from uh, the first uh, 85, 86 didn't sell out. 87 on is sold out. So you couldn't, you can't get a ticket. And we started doing uh, the, uh, the, the broadcast, the live satellite feed. And it was just that. So we used that. We integrated a lot of different hotel partners. In fact, we have 40 hotel partners now. And we created what you, we call the NFR experience. And many of you might have touched, maybe you don't go to the NFR, but you might have gone to something around the NFR in December. You would be like a lot of tourists. Uh, since we started this, uh, we have two times as many people without tickets to the NFR in town as we have go to the NFR. So the experience is really, I compare it to a, a huge music festival only it's uh, 150,000 rooms, the strip downtown in all of Las Vegas. And what happens is um, from, uh, I mean, you literally have three, I call it three shifts of fun all day long. If you haven't, how many of you have been to Cowboy Christmas at the convention center? There is no uh, light Western lifestyle uh, experience, shopping experience that comes close to Cowboy Christmas. We have people... Um, so we, we do 250,000 people a year through Cowboy Christmas. I'll bet you, not bet you, 30,000 of them come here just to shop. They're not going to the NFR. They're coming here to shop. So you have that. You have country Christmas. You have shopping experiences. Michael Gaughan started an event out at the uh, South Point, a, a team roping event that has bigger prize money than the NFR. They have $10 million dollars in prize money, 7,000 teams compete for 10 million uh, in prize money with that event. Uh, Orleans has a, a rodeo event and now they're starting a barrel racing event. 
So the economics of this and the importance of the NFR is that we keep building it. There'll be 60, this year there'll be 60 different country acts. So you've got the day with all of the shopping, team roping, uh, uh, all the Las Vegas activities. You have the night with the uh, NFR itself if you're lucky enough to get a ticket. If not, there are 40 viewing parties. Uh, these viewing parties include some of the contestants show up at these viewing parties. So the uh, NFR is kind of our, our staple for uh, signature events. Uh, the economics of these events, and, and I'll, I'll put it in the simple terms, we look at the direct spend of our customers. A, a typical uh, uh, visitor is about a $900 is what they spend. Uh, an event customer is average $1,500. And the National Finals Rodeo is closer to $2,300. So that's the spend, just the direct spend on the hotel, entertainment. But look at the economics of that. Anybody that comes to Las Vegas, once they step off that plane, is generating taxes for us. Whether it's the live entertainment tax, whether it's a hotel tax, whether it is a, uh, whether it is a, uh, a rental car, whether a taxi, whether you food, anything, you're generating taxes which all go back. So in addition to that direct impact, you have all these other, other impacts. Um, so the, when we look at it that way, when we look at how we, what events we secure, for the most part we're looking at those events that are going to bring people at a time when we, we need the business and at a time and the right type of a customer for that, for that event. Um, some of our events... Um, the, uh, I'll just start at the beginning of the calendar year. Uh, we shoot off the fireworks on New Year's Eve. Uh, we produce the, the fireworks on New Year's Eve. And really it's just a, uh, we work with Grucci and we pick seven rooftops a year. It's an eight and a half minute show and uh, with a different theme every year and it really entertains the 300, 250 to 300,000 people that are, are on the strip. Um, USA Sevens, I don't know how, how many of you have ever been out to see the rugby, but it, it is, uh, I mean, it's fast, and it, it's kind of, they've done what we've done with the NFR in that there's so much entertainment around the rugby uh, out there. They have, it's an international flavor. They have a, a festival out there. They have a, uh, a rugby tournament as part of it. So USA Sevens is 16 international teams competing for, uh, there's a, a, I believe, a 12 of these across the world, um, and they're all competing to to buy for, to, to win the, the uh, USA, or excuse me, the, uh, this Rugby Cup. Um, who was the winner? You know, I, I, I can't remember who last year, but New Zealand. I'm pretty sure But South Africa, uh, New Zealand's always, uh, always strong. United States was a little, a little better this last year, uh, but uh, it will be an Olympic sport uh, coming up. So, uh, sevens is another one, especially because it's a uh, uh, because it is an international sport. Also, uh, the and uh, in, in the spring we do uh, the NASCAR. Uh, starting in uh, 2018, we'll have two races. We'll have a race in the spring, and then we'll have a race in the fall. Um, also, we do four conference basketball tournaments. We do the Pac-12, the Mountain West Conference, the WAC, and the WCC. So we have a quite an impact at that time of year uh, with, uh, with, the, uh, with college basketball. The, uh, uh, we've done in the past, we've done the World Cup jumping and dressage. We've done that six times. Uh, if you haven't been that, you know, it's interesting because I contrast the National Finals Rodeo and the World Cup jumping, which is really dancing horses, and jumping horses. It's two different events, but I contrast that to 
the national finals rodeo is Beauty and the Beast. I mean, you you look at what we do during it's very what we do during the NFR is very raw, and what we do during the uh, World Cup is very very uh, beautiful and 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 timely. In the summer, uh, the uh, NBA Summer League has grown from 5,000 people the first year. I remember when we did it the first year, there were guys that weren't even wearing the same uniform. I mean, it was like, what they, the goal of it then was to get to, uh, to look at rookies, to look at some players, and one or two players were going to come out of that and make the team. And what we pushed for and the, and the NBA listened to was, let's make this more fan-friendly. So... Little by little, it grew into now it's competition. Now you can win. The, now there's an MVP. Now you can uh, you can win the whole tournament. Um, last year we did 125,000 people. So that has grown. And again, summer is a time where we're where we're looking for work for tourists. We do over 30,000 kids come here for basketball, uh, which we have nothing to do with. But if you look at basketball and what it used to be and what it is now with our conference basketball terms, with the summer league. We, we do USA Basketball. We do a, 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 a game with them every year. Um, the uh, music festivals, um, life is beautiful. We started with Bay Goose about, uh, in 2007, which kind of fizzled out for a number of reasons. But we came back strong in 2011 with Electric Daisy Carnival. That's 400,000 people, 135,000 a night that uh, get out to the speedway. Now, how many of you here have been to the EDC? <laughs> well, uh, we have here, uh, this is a much younger crowd who likes a lot of bass. That's what you get at EDC, right? Uh, so I find, I, and I don't mind bass, uh, I kind of like bass, so I'm out there. And uh, But that event is, there is nobody in the, entire world that has created an experience for these fans like that event. Their stage, uh, their third stage, is bigger than Coachella or Bonnaroo's. The experience is more like a, I wouldn't call it an adult Disneyland because these are still kids, uh, but it is more, uh, more energetic, uh, more creative. Uh, Pasquale Rotello, who created this uh, 25 years ago, has built this into uh, the number one live music experience, live festival experience in the world. Our uh, big local event, Life is Beautiful, like most festivals, has some growing pains, but it turned the corner this year. Uh, drew 50,000 people a night, 18 square blocks downtown, and it will, uh, I mean, it is breaking even, and it's on its way to, uh, to sustainability. Again, our goal is sustainability. Um, the, uh, we did Rock and Rio, took a shot at Rock and Rio. Unfortunately, the event was too expensive considering, uh, the sponsorship they were able to get, but boy, we had, uh, Taylor Swift, Metallica, Bruno Mars, another great, uh, another great event. Um, the, I'm trying to think of any of our other, if I'm leaving anything, I'm sure I, I'm sure I'm leaving some events about, but I want to give you guys some time, but, uh, so, I want to talk a little bit about venues, and then it'll open up for questions, because it was, it was difficult for us uh, for a while, because Thomas and Mack Center was really the only venue, and then Orleans was built, uh, South Point. So when you look at the diversity of the venues here, it's really opening up the things we can do. Now with T-Mobile, we can do four conference basketball tournaments in the same week. 
because we have the venues to do it. Uh, T-Mobile with the uh, with the conference basketball, and then all of the other things that T-Mobile does that aren't uh, our special events. So you have all these venues, you have a lot of live music venues, but really the icing on the cake is going to be the new stadium. And let, let me give you my perspective, because I look at it purely economically, uh, the, uh, the stadium. Uh, everything beyond that, you know, people uh, will ask me, uh, you know, uh, I really can't afford to go to these concerts. Some of these events are so high priced. And I said, well, how much would it be if it, you had to go to L.A. to see that show? What's happening is all the, these, the hotels are putting together these uh, events, and they, in order for Vegas to be as strong as it is, um, the artist walks away with a lot of money. So 80% of these acts now that are going to concerts and festivals in Vegas, 80% of them are coming from out of town. They're all economic uh, generators. But if it weren't for the venues, if it weren't for the theaters, we wouldn't be doing that. The stadium... You know, there's a lot of controversy, as there, sh as there should be. There should be some due diligence. The way I look at it, we spent $750 million to get a $1.9 billion stadium. Because that is our stadium. And with it, we got a team, the Raiders, who, have the, uh, who, who potentially could bring 30,000 visitors themselves. I'm not talking about the events. So take that $1,500 number I used and... and uh, and uh, uh, multiply it by 30,000, actually by 300,000 over the 10 times. That's a huge, no other city in the country gets those type of economics from its contribution. In addition, there'll be 14, 15, I mean, uh, there'll be a Super Bowl for sure. There'll be, uh, we'll go after a national championship game. We'll go after international, any event that's out there now, we have now have an opportunity to pursue. So uh, it's exciting for me. One, to uh, I mean, I moved here in 1980, um, worked at Thomas and Mack Center. I've gotten the opportunity to be around as this city kind of continues to recreate itself. And this next one, with the renovation and expansion of the convention center in 2020 and the new stadium, it's going to be another jump to the, to the next level. So with that, I'll, uh, I'll, just, I'll open it for questions. Thank you. Great presentation. You touched extensively on the NFR, but what you didn't talk about was the amazing job you folks and our hotels did when Orlando came at us with all guns blazing, and we, thanks to you guys, prevailed. Thank you. You know, and, and I didn't mention uh, Route 91, um, and, but I will now. Uh, they... What's ironic about that incident is there's probably no better example of how secure a venue could be than that event for a festival. And what had to happen in order for them to penetrate that, they had to go 400 yards away. They did something we didn't think about and, and that weren't prepared for. But I can tell you, we will be from now on. I don't see this city, um, I, I don't see, Route 91 will happen. Uh, all of our festivals and events will happen. We have a, uh, the Rock and Roll Marathon, another event I forgot to mention. 45,000 runners down the strip uh, at night. Uh, and we are going to do that event in November. Uh, 300,000 visitors on the strip at night on New Year's Eve. We're going to do that event. And what I'm proud about uh, living in this city is, is being 
involved with these, not only people that can dream and, and change this experience and adjust with what we have, but the, uh, the meticulous way Metro and everyone else works. If you went behind the scenes and looked at what they do to secure this city 365 days a year and for our special events, um, it, you'd just be so proud. Uh, but again, uh, we've got another challenge, and I'm, this city will, will definitely uh, be there to take that challenge. Uh, so we had a presentation uh, uh, a week ago from the Regional Transportation Commission about some of their plans to improve transportation around the valley. And I've been involved for over 10 years with the Consumer Electronics Show. Uh, one of the uh, complaints from everybody who's involved with that is the city is paralyzed with respect to being able to move people around uh, during that event. I, I gather with things like National Finals Rodeo, it's more spread out, but I just wonder if you would comment about the extent to which uh, investments in uh, better transportation, uh, mass transit, monorails, light rail would would make a difference to make uh, Las Vegas more competitive for some of the events that are, that are involved. Uh, yeah, absolutely would. Uh, and, um, you know, you look around the valley, if you travel around the valley, it's really uh, uh, seamless, except the traffic hours. But when you get into the corridor, you get into the strip corridor, we have uh, gridlock at times. And C uh, CES is a great, any of the big, uh, the NFR is only 17,000 people at Thomas and Mac. And we take, uh, we uh, transport 40% of that by bus from the hotels for free. And the reason we did that is, uh, I think we started it 10 years ago, well, we were just getting backup traffic. So the only way to alleviate that was to do something like that where most of it was mass transport. We've got to get this, the valley's got to get to the point where we do park and rides. We've got to get to the valley where we do, uh, we do some more mass transportation, whether it's light rail, uh, but those are all things I know they're looking at, and I know the, uh, this is an urgent matter, uh, especially for the economics of, of the, the event, of uh, not just our events, but uh, Las Vegas 365 days a week. I, I know, I, I, again, I don't have any real details of where we're at with any of that, except I've attended a lot of meetings in which it's become a very serious issue. Can you just give us a little idea of what goes into planning, you know, when multiple events are going on? Just the thought of having a football game going on, a hockey game going on at T-Mobile, and a concert across the street from uh, the Excalibur or what have you, it just seems like it could be a potential nightmare. Is there any communication to try to coordinate so they're not all going to go on at the same time or anything like that? Well, absolutely. In, in fact, the, uh, the hockey team does not want to be playing hockey on the day of a Raider game. And unfortunately... Sunday, Monday, Thursday is football, and so and hockey has 42 games. So we definitely, as a city, will be scheduling around those big uh, impacted events. But it, it's going to happen sooner or later. It may not be a hockey game. It may be a uh, concert uh, at T-Mobile. Uh, fortunately, what's happened with T-Mobile is there. if you've gone, I went to the uh, home opener for the Golden Knights, and I was really surprised how I got in so quickly because I'd been getting in quickly for the concerts, but the concerts are 80% tourists. So, but to have a local crowd like that and to be able to manage that, uh, I went for the USA basketball game the year of this, this past summer, and I waited an hour and a half to get in. So they fixed it. Uh, and there's a system in place 
uh, with the garages. And I, there will be a system in place by the time that Raiders Day. And I hope, and I'm, I'm one that thinks less parking is better. The more parking you have, the more people want to drive to the event, the longer you're going to wait to get out. That, uh, the one parking lot's a mile away, uh, the, uh, uh, that, uh, the MGM lot. I mean, there's so much parking along the strip that is a mile to the state. I went to U.S. Bank Stadium to see you too and walked. There was no parking, no parking. Uh, in fact, they had to purchase parking from garages uh, for the VIP stuff. So I'm one that thinks uh, less parking is better, uh, and I think we'll manage that. Don't know. I would, I would think, though, 20, probably not 21, 22, good chance. Okay. Sir, do you want to tell him what I asked the question? Oh, yes, uh, when are we going to get in the Super Bowl? <laughs> Hopefully the same year the Raiders are in the Super Bowl. <laughs> sure. So thank you, Pat. Um, I want to thank you for speaking to us and enlightening us on what's going on and present you with our Share What You Can Award, where we will present a meal to a homeless vet in your name. Thank you. So, pause. And thank you very much for your donation of the tickets. So um, we will be auctioning those tickets next week um, for the NFR. So come with your checkbooks for next week. And then, like I say, Rotary is like tennis. The one who serves best usually wins. Now go forth and make a difference. Thank you for joining us for another wonderful meeting of the Rotary Club of Las Vegas. If you're interested in membership or want to know more about our upcoming projects and speakers, please visit lasvegasrotary.com for more information. Now go forth and make a difference.